continuing their journey in the strange mere realm of Egadon, the party confronted and fought a mere version of Verlandir named Adavar. But upon his defeat, Val, Kelnies, Dominique, Bamak, and Brynjir were sent to a strange pocket dimension belonging to Adavar's companion, a mere of Brynjir named Baron. However, this dimension soon collapsed and they found themselves back in this strange world of Egadon, seeing Rolandir having just struck the killing blow on Baron, and Mick nowhere to be found. Oh good, I was worried I was going to have to do something to bring you all back, but <laughs> that seems to have done the trick. And Rolander kind of pokes his sword one more time into the corpse of Baron. Where did you go? We were in Baron's plane. You killing him actually caused it to come crashing down, nearly taking us with it. We survived by the skin of our teeth, as it were. I am sorry about that, but I'm glad to have you back. I think we should all be thinking about what we can do to get out of here. And I don't just mean here, he says, gesturing to this building that they're in. I mean, we need to get out of this plane. There is Mick. You see in the corner, Dominique, who had been very slightly raising his hand, upon hearing <laughs> Val speak, just pulls it back down. <laughs> Excellent. With any luck, make us far from here. Home, if anything. I hope that something similar can be done with us, but I wasn't sure what was going to happen with Baron, and so I made a choice. I sent Mick back. Val, like, goes to say something and does not have one single thing to say, and just sort of, like... <laughs> makes this face where his mouth is open and he rolls his eyes and then she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like fully gives up <laughs> on this situation. Dominique, he kind of goes over to Val. Mick was his sort of in with the group now, but I think <laughs> Val's probably the person he feels most comfortable with beyond that. And he goes over to Val and he sort of shortles up and he says, I do not mean to be uh, disruptive, but are we sure we trust him? He seems a little... Unstable. I'm Unstable was exactly the word I was about to produce. He does not seem to be uh, 100% the most uh, qualified to lead us. If I had to choose, I might choose uh, yourself. Or uh, Brynja seems to be a smart and, uh, if passionate, person. More reliable. As Rolander's mindlessly, like, stabbing and re-stabbing <laughs> the corpse of Baron... <laughs> I am beginning to uh, think the same myself. While this conversation is going on, Kalnias is speaking to Rolandir, just a little dumbfounded, like, I I'm a little confused. Sent Mick back to where? I think back to the old world. Uh, at least that was my intention. Completely out, away. You mean you had the ability to have done this the entire time? I've discovered it recently as we've gone through our travels as potentially something I could do. I, I never tried it out. I didn't know for certain what it could do. I, I know that it will take someone back to where their true essence lies. And wherever that may be, I, I'm... I don't know. So then Mick is not even back on the actual Egadon, but wherever you all came from? Is that what you're saying? What you hope you did? Yes, actually. I, I'd say Kelnia slaps you, but that's not really in her character. She full-on decks you. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it, it doesn't fully floor Rolandir. It, it knocks him kind of to his knees, you know. It shakes him off balance. And uh, he stands back up. And he just glares at Kelnaeus for a bit. Like I said, we need to figure out how to get us out. 
Rolandir, if you have been able to get Mick out, then it would stand to reason that perhaps with a bit more power, you could get us all out. Perhaps. I am going to need some time to rest. It Honestly, it was quite draining. If we are resting here for the time being, do we still want to pursue Lunavra, the God Queen? Do we want to rest here? We are in a throne room. Uh, I don't know if we have the right to stay. <laughs> the right? What right do we need? We've killed those with the right to sit upon this throne. And as far as going after Lunavra or whatever form she's taken here, I don't know. She definitely won't want to see us now. I practically can guarantee she'll have very, very harsh feelings towards us. Do you think so, maybe? Perhaps that's why I suggested we not kill them! Or perhaps she could simply bring them back to life if she is so powerful. What difference does it make? In any event, if we do not feel like staying here, then we should seek shelter elsewhere. Dominique is just in the corner. He has his beret in his hands and he's just kind of fiddling with it. I, for one, would like to talk to Luna. Very well, then. I have a strong suspicion that she is the presence that we felt when we reached out via intent. Then let us reach out again. And perhaps she herself will grace us with her presence. So we both contact her then, or just me, or just you? You have the strongest relationship with her? By all means. Okay. Val is going to send a ping through the essence again if he can. He'd like to send words with it this time, so kind of a ping combined with sending. The message that he's going to send is, Sings are bad, Luna. If you can come, please do. While you're in the middle of this message, so I don't think it'd be a safe inference to say that it was somehow caused by this, the doors where you entered open. As, you know, they had been magically sealed up until this point, that kind of hazy barrier was lifted once Rolandir struck down Baron. And you see a number of guards who had been ordered out before go to resume their posts and immediately notice this aftermath, kind of shuffle a bit back and forth, exchange a look, and then turn on their heels and head right back out the door, one of them starting to yell as the door closes behind him. What is he yelling? Is it in fear or is it like for reinforcements? It is an alarm of sorts. Okay. Well, I don't know if your contact with Luna was successful, but regardless, I think we better get out of here. Very well. Is there like a side chamber to this room? I, I mean, you said there were multiple doors that the guards came through, right? Yeah, there are a few. Whichever one looks to be as non-conspicuous as possible, Relander's going to... They're all identical. All right. Whichever one Relander's nearest to, he's going to go and push it open and take a peek through. You see a long, gilded hallway. Great. Then... He gestures towards the others. I suggest we be quick, then. Kelnias reluctantly pads behind you. Val will give Dominique a look, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll resolve the leadership thing, hopefully, maybe in the future, but not right this very second. Dominique is going to follow <laughs> Val like a sad puppy. <laughs> and Tim is going to follow Dominique like a completely normal puppy. Dominique's just messing with his beret all sad, and Tim's got his little tiny bronze top hat in his hands, and he's all sad. A lot of sadness on this side. <laughs> it is very sad. Uh, Val will lead his sad puppies down the hall. Brynir's going to follow. Rolandir, if you were presented with the opportunity 
to become who you were in there. Would you take it? If it were to become as he was, no. But I hope if there were something more, something better, I might consider it. The mock will just nod, keep walking. Rolander's looking to find the path of least resistance out of this uh, large place. There are plenty of halls and doors and rooms, and it seems pretty well organized. You're able to ascertain about the function of, you know, what wing you're in and whatnot of this grand palace. And as you start then working your way toward a possible back entrance, avoiding, you know, one commotion after the next of shouts coming down different corridors, you never see any guards coming after you, but you certainly hear them moving from position to position within the palace. You're backed into a corner of sorts, it would seem, and presented with three doors at the end of a hallway. Rylander's just going to go for the first door on the left. He, he just goes and gives the knob a wiggle. If it opens, he pushes it open. It does. Peeking inside, you see a simple chamber made up with a couch, some chairs. It seems to be a study of sorts, though simultaneously maybe a waiting area. And you see an older man. He's got blondish hair, tanned skin, green eyes. And as he looks up at you, he gives you a reassuring smile. And in a smooth voice, he just says, Hello. He's a little strange looking, though. He has a lot of assortments on his person that seem, not to say anachronistic, but perhaps not from Egadon. Symbols and whatnots that you don't entirely recognize. Insignias that are other. Okay. Not of Old World or Egadon that he's familiar with. Mm-hmm. Okay. The most prominent feature, though, you see is a silvered scar as you know, as if some kind of metal were used to fuse the flesh of this cut. can be seen like on his sword hand. And maybe as your eyes flick to it, he kind of covers it up with his other hand. He doesn't carry any weapons, I'll say. Or rather, nothing that you would <laughs> kind of consider one. You do see a broken hilt hanging from his little travel pack that is set beside the couch that he lounges on, and beside him is a simple wooden sword. Okay. Still looking at the guy's hand that he promptly covered up, Rolander just kind of says over his shoulder, no way out this way. Check the other doors. And then he goes, he takes a couple steps more into this first door that he was in. Who are you? My name is Seronis. And who might you be? I'm Rolandir. An interesting title. I relate very closely to another being who shared this building, one Adaver. I could tell, yes. From your gait, there was something about you that was familiar, yet strange. It's how I've felt since coming here, honestly. Coming here from where? You mean from a different part of the land, or somewhere else? No, no. You speak as though this is also not your home. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Then tell me, where do you come from? Egadon, if that means anything to you. I've heard that's what they call this realm, but perhaps I was mistaken. I feel that this realm is very similar to it, but it is... Altogether different, and I'm sorry, my companions and I, we really must be going. I can't dally too long, but 
And he just kind of lingers and stares at the man a little bit more. I'm sorry, I, I should go. And he goes to turn and... A question, if you'll allow me. And he stops in the doorway and just turns halfway. Yes? Are you one of the plane walkers? Rolander kind of cocks an eyebrow. I'm not familiar with that. No. You carry with you a sort of radiance, if I'm not mistaken. Do you also follow the way of the paladin? Not as zealously as I once did, but yes. Few do. Precious few do. I understand. Perhaps if you um, do find yourself with a way out, you could assist me as well. I'd be happy to offer you my services in exchange. I'm quite skilled in a fight, and I'm a good negotiator when push comes to shove. Negotiating, I can believe, but then he points at the wooden sword next to him. If that's all you plan to bring to a fight, I don't believe you on this on the first part. Ah, <laughs> he kind of laughs a little, chuckles, turns it over on the couch beside him. A joke from an old friend, but you'd be surprised what a few well-placed enchantments can do. Rolandier, you know, just turns his head the other way to look out into the, this room with the other two doors. So you intend to join us now, then? If you have a way out of here. <laughs> well, that could perhaps be your uh, right of entry, shall we say. This is our first time in the building. If you could show us a better way out, then consider yourself in. I've only been here a few more days than you, but perhaps... It's more than us. And he kind of pushes himself a little closer to the frame and gestures for the man to come out into the hall. The man stands, taking his travel sack and wooden sword with him and... Going back into the hallway, one of the doors, as the group has found out, is locked, and the other one is a simple storage room that's mostly bare. This man looks around and he says, Oh, you have quite the interesting party here. Who is he? This is a man who, like us, is, I believe, not entirely from here, and he claims... No worries, lad. I can speak for myself. The name is Saronis. Saronis Skycaller, if you must know. At any rate, he perhaps can find a better way out of here than us, and, you know, he just gestures the two doors, the one locked, the one going to the, clo the closet, as we clearly have not been able to find our own way out. Do you think a locked door is enough to stop us? Well, I wouldn't advise going through there. You won't find what you're looking for. And do you know what it is we are looking for? Well, this one's told me a way out. What is beyond this door? I believe it is simply more passages winding downward into the underhalls of this palace. Val, can you just teleport us out of here? I can. Are we not trying to talk to Luna? Is everyone so intent on leaving? Do we even know if she's here? Perhaps this was just the palace of Adaver. And now turning back to Sironis, Rolander just says, perhaps you know anything else of this great goddess Lunavra, they call, if she is also a resident of these halls or perhaps somewhere else. I unfortunately know little of this world. Uh, as I've said, I am not a native resident myself, but if you intend to stay and garner some more attention, then perhaps the underhalls wouldn't be too bad of a choice. There are some valuables there, so I've heard, and I've been barred myself from examining them, though I'm much interested. I've heard tell, rumors at least, of relics from other worlds, and, well, he kind of just plays with a few of his trinkets that he wears. I do tend to collect. 
But the strange man we've met in another room wants to go downstairs. That is what we are operating on at this moment in time? Unfortunately, yes. Always the logical one, Val. Um, unfortunately, we're led by an idiot. Rolander <laughs> <laughs> is just completely tuned to kill Naeus out at this point. <laughs> well, Dominique speaks of this. I did not want to say, but I think, maybe more diplomatically put, uh, Rolander does not seem the most uh, stable of you all. Are we sure that it is wise to allow him to choose our path? Is Relandir the one that chooses our path? Or are we simply too indecisive to choose a path for ourselves? Dominique, you were not there when we went through many trials together. But one thing I learned is that when presented with any sort of a choice, this group cannot come to a consensus. So, if it is an idiot we are following, at least we have a clear course of action. If anyone has any better ideas, if anyone would like to lead this group. And he looks first at Kelmiace, and then he looks at Val. By all means. This uh, visitor, Sironis, actually speaks up, kind of just lifting a finger. He's like, actually, if I may... I do find it quite telling of one's nature that you seek in moments of crisis not to stand still, even if it means to follow an idiot. Val sighs and walks over to the door and will cast Passwall on the door to just entirely make it disappear. The locked door. You are successful. You do see a staircase, more of a open chamber with a staircase that runs along the perimeter and seems to like a funnel, get narrower and narrower going down. So for a few hundred feet, though, there is a pretty healthy drop. As soon as Val makes the door disappear, Vamok's just gonna kinda shuffle forward and head down. Rolander's gonna hang back until everyone else is gone, and then he's gonna take up the rear. Val is waiting to be at the back as he's gonna fix the door problem, but... So at the end of it, they're just like... After you. No, no. After they you. Just, you stand and stare at each other for a Please, bit. Please, I yeah. insist. Kelnase rolls her eyes and follows, and once everyone else moves through, uh, this guest, Sironis, does gesture to Rolander. Please, after you. And Rolander gives him a polite nod and continues on, but shoots Val a glare and then walks through. <laughs> glare at me all you want. Um, I'm going to cast Major Image of a door and then Illusory Reality make it real. Let's establish real quick who is at the head of this procession. Vomak is. The man. And then Kelniace and Brynir. And then Dominique, Rolandair, Sironis, and lastly Val. That's our marching order. Vomak, why don't you roll for me a charisma saving throw? Rut row. Oh, that is a critical failure. Oh, no! This group rolls ones and twenties more than I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh, the penitent man kneels. Uh, I didn't roll forward fast (laughs) enough. The razor blades. Oh, my gosh, it's spelled with I. (laughs) Jehovah starts with (laughs) Hebrew, it starts with an I. (laughs) As Vamok passes an invisible threshold, You do feel a kind of hazy sensation come over you. The air in front of you displaces in a way that, you know, like when you see heat rising from something, like heat displacement of the air. You see that, Vamok, and there's a sort of purple sheen 
to the edges of your vision. But other than that, things seem pretty normal. The mock is going to keep walking, and on some level, his brain registers like, this is not normal. I should tell everybody else, but he says nothing. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> he just keeps walking. This journey goes on otherwise unopposed. You don't hear any commotion from upstairs. You don't see anything happening below you, though the light from the doorway obviously faded, so you will have to procure some kind of light moving further down. I will cast light. Saronis also takes out a small candle and holds it aloft. Rylander turns towards Saronis and just says, Now that I think about it, what were you doing in that room then? I was awaiting an audience of sorts. I am a patient man, but believe me, after a few days of nothing, I was growing a bit restless when you arrived. I'll take any opportunity to stretch my legs again. Besides, I think I may have been led on. Was this a compulsory visit, or did you make your way here of your own accord? I found myself actually not too far from here and was uh, apprehended. Apparently some of these, and he gestures again to these trinkets that he carries, uh, were not to the liking of, well, let's just put it that way. Do these trinkets strike any sort of memory in Rolandir, like any sort of resemblance to anything he might know? They look incredibly specific, but none of them are something that you recognize. Okay. How did you come across them? Are they something you've collected as well, or something from your homeland? These, and he takes one. A lion's face on a shield. Home of sorts, yes. Time ago. But I think you'll find, and perhaps you've already found, that what home means changes. It's a fickle thing, home. Though, I will say, not as fickle as friends. I've had the fortune of finding out. And one last thing that's been sticking in the back of my brain since you said it. Plain walkers. What are those? Are you one? His green eyes just kind of flash a little as he smiles. Perhaps it's just a trick of the light, as Val, you know, conjures these dancing lights or his little candle burns in front of him, but you could swear that there might be some magic behind it. He's like, no, I wouldn't know anything of the sort. I'm just a traveler. Mm, Rolander's gonna, can he do some sort of a check on that to see if he's lying? Yeah, you can roll insight. All right, uh, that's going to be 19. He's not trying very hard to conceal that. That may not have been the whole truth. Rolander kind of leans in a little closer to him, and he just says, Oh, come on, there has to be more than that. How else would you have ended up here? All I do is strive toward a just world. A just world? And what does that mean exactly? Well, show charity and compassion to those in need, and... Hunt down those who've proven themselves to be evil. I hope for your sake, and ours, that your judgment of evil is well-rooted. And he gives him a little wink. He doesn't wink back. In fact, his face almost loses this usual jovial expression. And he just, hmm, yes, I do hope so. And then Rolandir turns and continues walking. You've nearly reached the end of this staircase as it does even out and extend into a long hallway. The construction here is not this marble and gold and what have you that the palace was made out of, but just simple cobblestone, and some parts even appear as if they were hewn from the natural rock. But you are presented with yet another 
hall. Can I toss up a quick detect magic to see if I can see if there's a, a way to go that is particularly magical? Yeah, as you do so. Uh, well, okay, you're not blinded because it's only a faint aura. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of magic. But basically, it's just looking at a wall of glow all around you. The only silhouettes being your companions. It's as if something in the air itself is just charged with magical energy. Okay. I don't know if Detect Magic allows me to, like, turn off the sight of it, but keep the spell going. But if I can, I would like to do that because I don't want to be completely blinded. I no, can't. you just kind of get used to it. You know, it's no, like what you, you do, smell something. You summon <laughs> the Archbishop and you, you look through his eyes. Wait, that's so such a good idea. <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, I'll pop the Archbishop into existence and then plumb my vision through her. Great. Then Laurel, do a charisma saving throw. I'm not very good at charisma saving throws. <laughs> Six. This same strange haze enters your vision, as did Vamox. This, like, heat distortion. And this, again, purplish hue at the kind of edges, almost outlining little corners and whatnot that you see at the edge of your vision. Is anyone else seeing purple? Make a charisma saving throw as you attempt to speak. Oh, no! <laughs> Nat 20! Better. Nice. What, what's like your score, actually? My charisma score is a 12. I have a plus one. Oh, uh, so 21? Yeah. Okay. You try to speak, and you are compelled to stop. Do I have control over myself at all? Yes, but you've just perhaps found that certain actions or things that would call attention to a certain thing seem to be impossible. Okay. I don't like this. <laughs> As all that is going on and Vamak reaches the end of the stairs, he's, he's kind of just like in his own, you know, he's like in the zone, in his own mind, right? And so he's not even really aware of like anybody else. He's just kind of thinking and, and walking and almost like on autopilot, he just goes up to the door at the bottom. He's going to try to open it. So the door's unlocked? Yes. All right. I'm just going to open that bad boy up and head on through. Take a little look around and see, is it just more corridor behind it? No, in fact, you see a, a sizable chamber, an amphitheater of sorts. Not even of sorts, it's just an amphitheater, an underground amphitheater, where there would be torches and sconces are instead these hazy purple crystals. And there seems to be the makings of a production on the stage. Like people are performing or there's like a set? A set. Okay. It's like the trappings of, you know, a production in progress. A set's being built, but there's no one here. The mock's gonna start walking, it's kind of like, like a moth to flame to the middle of this amphitheater, closer to like this set, kind of see what's going on there. Careful, the mock. We don't know what's down here. Uh, before Brynir can say that, why don't you make a charisma saving throw? Fourteen. This same haziness enters your vision, this same purple outlining enters your periphery, and you are compelled to not say that. So we're all just walking now, basically. Yes. Brynir would like to stop. Dominique, who is standing quite close to Brynir, bumps into his back. He was walking literally like three inches behind you. <laughs> and then Tim walks into <laughs> Dominique. Pretty much. It's, it's a delightful <laughs> little collision there. Three-person pileup. And startled is... Something wrong? Uh, should should we not continue? Yes, what's the holdup? Brynir just looks at them, like he wants to say something, but can't. Can Val try to message Brynir? 
Yes. Unless you're going to message him again uh, uh, about your current predicament. Okay, so yeah. In which case, you feel compelled not to. Okay, (laughs) interesting. It's not even like the sense that like you're fighting against something. It's like you think better of it and decide not to do it. Spooky. As if it is not a foreign force acting upon you. I don't don't care for this. (laughs) Taking this moment of pause, Rolandia actually just quickly turns back to Val and... There is a look of genuine concern in his eyes, and he's, you know, looking around and just says, Val, I know this is probably a bit unrelated to what we're doing right now, but could you try sending to Mick? Make sure he's all right. Uh, sure, yeah. I will cast sending to Mick. Is everything all right? Where are you? Kind of like when you ping people. When you cast this message, you do get a sense that it was delivered. But it was delivered here. Ah, oh, dang it. This happens before Whisperinia, but um, there is a Mick on this plane who has now received that message. Okay. And then, you know, his gaze kind of breaks off of you and just he's nodding and turns back around. Well, Brynir, can we please continue? Brynir is going to actually take a hold of Dominic's face and look at his eye. <laughs> My eye? (laughs) Yeah. You're the closest person to him. Dominic will let Brynir do that as Brynir is like swole and Dominic (laughs) is not. So he's just kind of kind of let it happen with a look of very, very, he's he's very confused. Hold still. Does Brynir see anything besides just his eye? I'm assuming not because there's no purple vision for him, but. I guess does Brynir or does Dominique see anything? Because I guess he's also staring very deeply into Brynir's eye. Brynir doesn't see anything in Dominique's eye, and Dominique doesn't see anything in Brynir's eye. Okay, after about three seconds of this, Dominique gently grabs Brynir's hand and is going to, if possible, pull it off of his face. And it says, that is interesting. Maybe next time, ask me first. <laughs> <laughs> I have a girlfriend. <laughs> are there so like we're we're kind of walking in a line towards the center, and this is like a theater production. But are there like rows, like like an amphitheater type thing with yes, seats? And, yes, yes, uh, it it is an amphitheater. Okay, perfect. After this awkward interaction between Brynir and Dominique, uh, Rolandir's just going to kind of break away from his place in line, and he's going to go take a little look around the room, maybe get close to one of these crystals that are emitting this purplish glow, take a look at it, and then kind of working his way towards the theater just in a more roundabout way than the direct line they were going in. As Rolander continues, why don't you make a charisma saving throw? Rolander got a big ol' seven. You see purple vestiges at the edge of your vision and strange, hazy (laughs) (sighs) distortions. Great. Who has not been affected by this so far? I think it's just Dominique. I think, yeah, just Dominique. So we're walking into this amphitheater. Has anyone else, like, stopped beyond Brynir? Sironis uh, and Kelnias have gone completely down to the edge of the stage, and Sironis goes as far as to actually climb upon it and start poking around the set. As does Vamak. And Rolandir. Vamak's been down there, and he's, like, looking around. Dominique thinks it's fairly normal to be peeking around the stuff down there and he thought it was kind of weird what Brynir was doing so he's just gonna brush him off and he's just gonna take a seat at the amphitheater remembering a time when he was younger he uh he saw 
a play at the university. They had the theater department there. It's really big. But, uh, all the great troopers in Agadon go to study at the university. Magic and theater. It's the, the two colleges. <laughs> they also have computer science, but it's uh, <laughs> currently just an abacus. <laughs> Stupid. It's just an abacus? <laughs> I mean, like, everyone's poking around there. Yeah, in the stands. He's just, he's, like, he's close to the front. You know, he's, he'd be in an excellent seat if this were actually a play. Kelnies hops on stage as well and starts looking around. So Kelnies, Seronis, and Vamok are on stage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dominique, roll a charisma saving throw. Thirteen. This same effect happens. And for those who are not on stage, you feel a compulsion to get on stage. You may resist or try if you so desire. There's, there's nothing I can roll if a nat 20 doesn't get me anywhere, Ryan. I'm going on stage. Unfortunately, it's going to be the same situation for Brynir. <laughs> we perform as now, BB. Dominique places his beret on his hat. And he's now whistling a jaunty tune from that musical that he saw back in his university days <laughs> when he was 13. At this point, something inside Vamok stirs. He kind of he like looks around. And maybe it's, I don't know, the cognitive dissonance between how he sees himself and where he physically is, you know, on a stage somewhere that's like not like, like he would never dream of being on a stage. Or being a performer, having everybody's eyes on him. And so he's actually going to try to get off the stage. He's going to try to, to take a few steps away from there. All right, then Vamak, make a charisma saving throw as you attempt to do something contrary to what something else wants you to do. Zooey Mama, that was a 28. Ooh. You take a step toward the lip of the stage and you will take 27 psychic damage. Ooh, wowzers. As this happens, Vamok, this almost sends you to a knee. I'll let you decide whether or not you do. It's definitely enough to. Yeah, like, it's like the wind gets, like, knocked out of me. Vamok, like, loses his breath, and he, yeah, he'll go down onto a knee, and he'll, like... <gasps> and as you do this, uh, Kalniace looks rather startled, looking in your direction. Seronis, you know perks up and looks over, and then you hear this rising applause from the stands as, like, just popping into existence figure after figure of humans, elves, dwarves, tieflings, goliaths, anything you can think of from the old world just starts popping into existence. These purple crystals in the sconces are set alight with this blue ethereal fire, and... Right at the front of this stage, in sort of a spectator box near the top. So you had come out into the amphitheater, like, let's say halfway, halfway down. And so there were still rows and seats that went up behind you. But above the entrance you had come through, there's a sort of spectator box. And stepping forward there in a lavish gown, kind of just fiddling with this golden chain around his neck, you see a rather handsome figure in the form of a Talic man who then joins in with the clapping, but then quiets it and addresses the theater. Ladies and gentlemen, please turn your attention to the stage. We have illustrious guests at our disposal this evening, and I do believe they prepared a nice little show for us. 
I am your master of ceremonies, the muse of virtue, and luck of the roads, Tajik. But you all know and love me. Let's not dilly-dally any longer. Let the show begin, and my good players, break a leg. And Tajik winks. (laughs) (laughs) Rolandier's compelled to wink back. (laughs) 